The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. This is the premier podcast for late model dirt track racing. This is Forward Bike. From the Speed Sport Podcast Studios, powered by My Race Pass. Here's your host, Kyle Armstrong. Welcome back to another edition of the Forward Bike Podcast on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, powered by My Race Pass. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong, alongside Adam Logan back in the studio again here this week. And uh, we're pretty excited to have a special guest on the line here later on, Boom Briggs out of Bear Lake, Pennsylvania, to come on here and talk about all his life and times and racing. And, uh, you know, he's been going up and down the road racing the World of Outlaw Series for the last several years and uh, used to be used to be the crew chief of Chubb Frank and him and Chubb still operate right there out of the same location and uh, it should be uh, pretty interesting yeah boom's a boom's a character he's uh he's everybody's friend in the pits uh, so it'll be uh it'll be good to catch up with boom and see what he's up to today yeah looking forward to it we've uh tried to been trying to have him on here for quite a while so that should be interesting so anyway we uh you know the blue gray 100 was yesterday chris yep. madden won it chris madden won it uh typical blue gray tires popping and everything and i don't think his actually i don't think he's popped i didn't go um i well, i what? got i got home late i went down to florence for the south carolina 400 asphalt race and i didn't get home at three in the morning i the was 24 hours of florence whew, it was about 24 hours of it but i watched it uh watched it online there and they had a nasty wreck uh probably 20 laps ago something like that and i think chris madden decided he he pitted from the lead took three tires he did put three tires yeah. on and then just proceeded to just motor around everybody. everybody else had the same opportunity they could have come in and put those tires on too yeah. so madden just outsmarted the field there apparently and uh uh and took those three tires and came back out and came through the field i didn't actually get to watch it i didn't go i had other plans yesterday but i could have went but gosh it took an hour and a half to run that 100 lap feature i'm sort of glad that i didn't because i would have never got out of there in time to get to where i needed to what i had planned anyway last night but regardless congratulations to chris madden and uh, you know another heartbreaker for kyle strickler i mean he was leading it on the two to go there and uh, was going to at least have a second place yeah. run and he blew a right rear tire so yeah i thought um you know, with like three to go, Madden was like in, you know, four, four or five to go. He was, he was in third and, uh, he passed, you know, he passed and got in the, got in the second. I was like, man, I don't know if he's got enough time to get, get up to Strickler. And then I just, Strickler had no tire left and Madden caught him real quick, you know, and, you know, took the lead and then one to go. Strickler's tire popped and he limped it home. But yeah, that's kind of, it's bad for him. Another one, another one slipped through his, slipped through his hands. Yeah, they could have used that with all the all the stuff they've had going on. Yeah, they've had a rough couple couple weeks here. Yeah. So, but it's I mean it's good to see him running up front and cars got a fast race car and then had a what is it Saturday night down in Alabama that Deep South race got rained out and they raced it on yesterday and. Uh, Peyton Freeman in the GR in the, Smith car won. in the new GR Smith car picked him up twenty two thousand. That was a that was a long race too. Kind of kind of the same deal. Tires popping. Overton popped a tire and had to drive up through the field and was made a good bit at you know taking the lead there with a few laps to go. Just couldn't could never get around 
Peyton there. And so that's good for that team starting out. You know, I know they've ran a couple of times uh, together this year. So starting off on a good note like that, picking up 22,000, heading into next year, be, uh, be interested to see how that, how that team progresses. Yeah, to put a little money in their pocket and buy some new parts and go racing. Yeah. I want to give a shout-out to Dennis Rambo Franklin on winning the Carolina Clash championship this year. Oh, Rambo. The Carolina Clash, I didn't keep up with much at all this year. It sort of flew under my radar. I don't know why, but regardless, congratulations to Rambo. And Rambo's somebody we would like to get on oh, here at some if point. We, if we had Rambo on here, my goodness. He's, he's too busy towing, towing vehicles. Yeah, turkey's towing. Yeah, turkey, he's working. Nah, if you, if you talk to Rambo, turkey works for him. Yeah. So Rambo picked up what he's, he's that's not his first championship, is it? Mm, several, several time champion now. Yeah, on the so, Carolina Clash Tour. Well, that's good to see Rambo pick up the championship, and Overton picked up the race, uh, win on Friday night. Del Mack picked up the race on Saturday up in uh, Boyd's. Uh, but Boyd's. So, and race this, race seasons. I think we got two more. It's winding down, but there's still a lot of little regional races, and then four elevens racing this week that. Uh, Thanksgiving, yeah, Thanksgiving race. race. They got that going on, and then we got the dome, and, and then all tech on Alltech, the same weekend. Same weekend. So I think that's pretty much that's uh, it. As far as me, I don't think I I don't think I'm going anywhere to watch a race until 2023. I wanna plant, <laughs> catch uh, your I'm catch gonna, your breath. I'm I'm done. I guess I'm gonna uh, plant myself on the couch and watch them on float, you know, on TV and. <laughs> Just enjoy that instead of instead of because man, you look at the cost of, the, of anything it. now to go somewhere, fuel and hotels and flights is like fifty percent or hundred percent higher than it was two years ago, and it's expensive. And, uh, I, I booked everything. I'm going down to the Derby in a couple of weeks, uh, going for work, but going down there is like, whew, it's pretty. It's expensive. Yeah, but I need a sponsorship package if I'm gonna go to some of these things. I'm still gonna hit my regular ones next year in 2023 but there's some stuff i'd like to go do and see but it's uh it's pretty expensive to travel nowadays just you know just to go see these races yeah well it'd be interesting to see what what happens next year you know i thought i lived through the covid year i thought that was going to be the end of it but somehow we we survived through that and i'm sure we will hopefully things will get back to back to normal as far as fuel prices and everything else because I really do think racing's racing's in a healthy right now in a healthy spot, you know, as far as what what's on the racetrack, as far as co- competition and the racing's um, real good. I just I just hate to see it come to a grinding halt with all these diesel prices and everything. Yeah, for sure. I mean that you know around here the cars tour. I think that's that's pretty good. I've been going to a lot of those events. There's some good racing. There's some good racing down at. Florence this weekend. Last thirty laps got a little got a little wild. They, you could kind of tell it's the last race of the year. They, everybody kind of threw all caution to the wind and it took over three hours to run that two hundred lapper, didn't it? It was a it was a long long race, long race, but pretty cool. Dale Junior was down there racing with them, so that was that was pretty neat to see him out there racing with all the, the late model guys. And so I think he said it was like he's been. It's, been 20 years since he'd been to Florence, so, and I didn't know. I knew he raced it at Myrtle Beach every week, but I didn't know he'd always go to Florence on fly, Friday nights. I didn't didn't know that till 
he got up there on stage and was talking. So that was, like I said, that's pretty cool for him to come back. Kind of like the Larson deal, racing dirt and sprint cars and stuff like that. Um, kind of cool that he's, you know, now getting back into it and providing well, little content, little extra for people to come. Speaking of Dale Earnhardt Jr., did you hear his uh, Scott Bloomquist podcast of the week? Maybe one of the first <laughs> dirt late model Gosh, drivers of all time. Um, I guess we got to talk about it. We've got to kind of give it a review. My goodness, I don't, where do you where do you start? I that? thought it was awesome myself. <laughs> Was, I didn't really learn much from listening to it that I haven't never heard before. No, I mean, but it was still pretty cool that, that for somebody like that to be put on a mainstream pedestal like that for all to hear. Yeah, a lot of people, like I said, us being you know involved in racing and been around around this for years, you know, we've heard all those stories, and you know, you might have heard one side of it, and you know, to get to hear his side of it, it's probably a little bit different. But I just think it, like you said, getting him. On a on a deal like that, that's I mean that's that's big time. I mean that's a national platform, and there's no telling what that might do for the. It opened so, maybe opened some eyes to what no, we're doing over here. I guess the the one thing I guess I did learn is uh, get on the cigar shape. <laughs> Don't get on the saucer. <laughs> no, I think the, you got it backwards. No, you get on the cigar shape. Is that what he said? I thought yep. it was the other way. Around. They have more fun. He says they have more fun. Has he really ever seen an alien? I guess he has. The way he talks, the way he, the way he tells talks, he's come down and hang out in Mooresburg. Mm-hmm. Come get him some water in his pond. They probably gave him some speed secrets. Probably. Probably gave him some speed secrets. So, be interesting to see what he does next year. He never won a race this year, and I, I was uh, hoping that we'd get to see him win a, at least one race this year. He never was able to do that, and sort of wonder if he uh, if he'll find victory lane again, which. Hopefully he will here soon. Can't, you can't ever, count him out. Can't count him out. I mean, that's that one. I mean, he's he's one of those. He definitely thinks outside the box on everything. You know, so you know you don't know what he's got cooking up and what he's going to come out with in in twenty twenty three. But you know, this year he didn't. He hasn't followed a tour in a, in a couple of years. You know, and he hasn't been. You know, he he didn't race every week. You didn't know really when he was going to pop in and, and hit a race or whatever. So hopefully, I mean, for the sport, got got to have Blinkwitz out there. You got to. What about some of the silly season stuff going on right now? There's some stuff we can't talk about yet, but there's some stuff that we can talk about that is really interesting. I mean, like, I wonder what's going to happen with Josh Richards. He, ha- he hasn't announced n- anything nothing's yet. Nothing's happened there. Um, we're going to have Boom on. So he drove for Boom this year. And now Max Blair is going to drive. He's going to be a teammate with Boom. So, you know, it leaves Josh Richards out. Um, you know, Devin Moran picked up the the double double down, down ride. Double down ride that was uh, Hudson with him moving to the Rocket House car. Sheppy doing his own deal. Um, or, you know, starting kind of teaming up with the rigs there. But, you know, going back to his own team. Um, what else have we got out there? JD losing his crew chief. Yeah, that'll be. Uh, I'm wondering, wondering what's going to happen with Jimmy Owens and the Ramirez yep. deal. He, haven't heard Leon any. Ramirez passed away, you know, last year. Yeah, so. I don't know what's what's going to happen there. Hopefully, hopefully his uh, son Derek and and his wife, you know, Leon's, you know, wife pick kinda, up and ho- take off. Hopefully, they keep him keep him in a ride, you know. So 
you know, we got um, there's some who, who knows what's gonna some other drivers out there has got some got some things out there. I pro, I'm not gonna say yet, you know. I'm yeah, wait. there's some things. There's but, some things out there that I've heard, and I I don't want to be the one to break it. Cause no, I don't, I don't, me either. <laughs> I'm not that close with some of them to sit there and say it. You know, kind yeah. of what I've heard, but there'd be some some big deals out there to be pretty cool some some of them is kind of you know long time some of this stuff's going to blow people's mind whenever it gets announced that's that's all i'll say it's really going to change the landscape so to speak you think so I, which one are you thinking i'm not going to tell you we're not going to say anything right <laughs> here on the air but uh but there's some interesting stuff that that we i believe we're both privy to yeah yeah and like i said i'm not going to sit here and say i'm gonna let them do their formal yeah let, let them let, have their let them do their formal press releases and then we'll there's we'll monday morning quarterback it when it when it comes yeah, out Yeah, we'll but, talk about it on here when it happens but i just say i would just think uh or just say pay attention to pri some stuff coming out of that and then uh and then you know whenever they go to vado new mexico at the first of the year be be looking for some yep. changes larson's so, going out to vado that's going to be good for the rumley team and yep. he's going to skip the chili bowl this year he's kind of yep kind of openly protested the purse and stuff yep. but i believe they were already planning to go to vado anyway with yeah, the 16 that'll be that'll be good and get a marquee guy like that i don't necessarily know. think it's about the money i just think no. that he just wants to go run this late model I, I mean him it's not like he needs he's the not, money it's not that he needs the money and and i think he's taking a look at with him doing a lot of the dirt racing with you know with Rumley's team and you know, he pays attention to what's going on out there. Dirt late models have stepped up the game as far as paying. You know, big money races, the purses have gone up. And, you know, he's a sprint car guy. We we know that. And I think he's he's pushing the envelope there. He's starting his own series, the high limit deal. Along the same lines as what the dirt guy, you know, dirt late model guys did this year. Big money for them guys, you know what they haven't had you know they've got maybe two or three big paying races a year and so he's wanting to say hey i'm gonna start a series and we're gonna we're gonna pay big money so it'd be interesting to see on that side of it how the outlaws handle that because they're a little little goofy on their little contract and outlaw drivers can't race anything but an outlaw race so see what happens there but um i think he's just looking out for the racers you know when he sits there and looks at the chili bowl how how I mean that's a big time event, you know. What I mean that like that's that's their World 100, that's their Daytona 500. It's you know it's a big race. They have what 200, 300 cars there at and least, them, and for them to pay <clears throat> just ten thousand dollars, like that's kind of like I'm, it's it's like a slap in the face. So, it, but I think it's not that he wants to win whatever you know fifty, hundred grand, whatever it is, but just hey. For midgets, he wants to push some more money into the sport. That into he the loves. sport, so hopefully they um, maybe they'll take notice. Maybe they'll take note and step it up there. Who knows? But um, I think you know guys like him coming into the sport. I think really have helped push it. You know, more people are watching because hey, you know, you know NASCAR fans or whatever they know who Kyle Larson is and they're kind of keeping up with him and. You know, like Dale Jr. racing late model stocks, that's only going to help that series out just because, you know, hey, that's a high-profile guy coming in there racing. People are going to watch it. They want to see what this is all about. And, like, if they watch Saturday night, they're probably like, man, that's some 
that's some racing there. Them boys get <laughs> them boys get after it. You yeah, know? you know you kind of don't kind of don't get to see that. You know them NASCAR guys that kind of keep up with that Dell Junior and Kyle Larson. You watch them on Sunday. Some of the racing's good, but some of it's just like kind of kind of boring. And then they kind of watch them do the dirt stuff and see him doing them late model stocks. You know Dell Junior doing that. And they watch them races like man, that's kind of that's exciting. Them boys get after it like that's that's some racing there. So like I said, I think it's it's good for the sport, and I think it'll be it'll be good. Bring a new good fan base into it for sure. Well, we'll uh, take a quick break here on the on the Forward Bike Podcast and come back on the other side, and we'll call up Bear Lake, Pennsylvania's Boom Briggs. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full-season price of the year. Just go to YouTube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. All right, we're back here on the Forward Bike Podcast, and we've got on the Andy's Towing Hotline, Boom Briggs up in Bear Lake, Pennsylvania, going to join us now on the Forward Bike Podcast. What's going on tonight, Boom, and welcome to the podcast. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, I know. You guys have been waiting patiently on me, but I'm actually in Florida, so uh, it's not cold and snowy here. I was about to say, I figured you'd be snowed in with everything that's going on up there. No, I'm in Florida. We didn't get, we only got about a foot, but you only had about a go about an hour north of us, and they got that four and five feet. So you escaped it. So escaped it. I did escape it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm out of there. Could have, could have been worse. <laughs> is this, but, is this your, uh, you're at your home away from home down at the campground down there? Yes. Yeah, but uh, the weather hasn't been that good here either. Usually I fish every day, but I've only been out a few times because it's either been raining or windy or, but I always come down here for three, four weeks after racing finishes because I just need to clear my head and relax a little bit. Racing doesn't stress you out, does it? Yes, it stresses me out. (laughs) <laughs> but we all. If you guys didn't pay attention, I had double the trouble this year. You had du- it didn't go well. Yeah, no, it didn't. And you you signed up for it again. You didn't. Yeah, like- this, you know. Listen, this, I would do anything for that Josh, and I even told him. I mean, if he don't get nothing going, I'll have a. I'll, you know, I'll probably still run him eight ten races next year. But the whole thing with this racing is, and anybody you talk to will, will tell you, nobody's got no help, and. You know, I've known that Max Blair. I mean, he actually dated my daughter way back in the day. And they're, they're 30, 40 minutes from us. Uh, like, we took the cars down to their shop. They're going to get the cars ready. It was more just about help. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the biggest thing, you're going you're gonna to tackle a tour like that and race up, you know, World of Outlaws or Lucas, whatever y'all decide to do. Like, you've got to have the crew members. you got to have your, – your equipment's got to be prepared before you leave the shop and – and try and compete with those boys well yeah and you've been around it a long time i mean it's just it's getting tougher and uh there isn't the help out there they like there used to be and uh so we're basically just trying to max maximize the help situation and i always said when i got to 50 i was gonna quit but i'm still chasing that one outlaw win or one lucas win and when i get that win you'll probably see me go away 
No, we can't. You you are a staple around the pit area. I tell everybody, I, I always called you Uncle Boom. You always gave me hell every week. We, if people don't know, I used to work for Daryl Lanigan, and and Boom and Daryl are real good best buddies. So we traveled. And we up, just went to Vegas together. See, there you go. They they just hang out all the time. So we traveled up and down the road, and I can't tell you how many times Boom just he gave me hell every day. <laughs> well, you needed some guidance. We all need guidance, and, and Boom's that, that guidance in the pit area. I'm an elder. You're, I've, I've seen it all. I've done it all. So you try to learn from you try to learn from your mistakes. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Well, Boom, you're talking about uh, trying to get that one win. It's, uh, it's eluded you for way too long now, and I think that it's got to happen soon. I mean, you were – you started up front at the Hillbilly Hundred there, and I, I actually picked you to win it, and it didn't didn't work out so good. But you've been up no. in the mix a lot this year, for sure. Well, the second half we we showed a lot more speed than we started out with, and you know, for some reason I've always run good at Tyler County, and you know I really thought we were going to get a good top five, but it, the car wasn't just right, and I just kept getting stuck on the bottom, stuck on the bottom, and. Uh, I needed to really restart on the top, but, and then it's just the typical deal. I mean, luck is luck in this sport. And, you know, I ended up getting put in the fence and it ended a good night, but, uh, I've been in some situations that I should have capitalized and for whatever reason, it just hasn't happened. And, you know, I'm looking forward to this year. I think with the extra help, uh, we'll be better prepared, you know, I got to get Shane some help. Shane's been with me forever. He's like another son to me, and I'm just not going to kill that kid to keep on doing what I'm doing. Yeah, Shane's been with me for years, and he's definitely one of the hardest working, you know, crew members um, in the pits. I mean, when I first started racing with you guys, it was you and Chubb racing on the tour, and y'all with shit, Shane. With Shane, that was that was yeah. it. You you had to prepare two cars every day, get them yeah. ready. You know, and then just just one guy. So Shane is uh, he's definitely a hell of a worker. Well, he is, you know, and him and my son went to kindergarten together. So I've known Shane forever. And, you know, I want to get Shane some success that he deserves. I mean, he works his ass off. And, you know, we might not have the fastest cars, but the cars are prepared right. We don't there's nothing ever falling off the cars. We don't break. We don't DNF. Uh, and that's all to Shane because he does every bit of it himself. Yeah, that's that's what I tell everybody. I said that there's one car out there that never it doesn't break. I mean, because Shane no. every every morning when it, you know he's he's nutting and bolting that car, making sure everything's tight, make sure nothing falls off, everything's put back together if something happened the night before. So yeah, Shane's uh, Shane's one of the best ones out there. Yeah, one of these days we're going to get a few wins and he's going to get recognized like he should get recognized. For sure. He should, he should be crew chief of the year on that tour, for sure. Yes. I know. Oh, that's my, listen to me, that's my goal next year. I know I voted for him a couple of times when we were on the tour. I know. I voted, I was like, you got to vote for Shane. Shane's, Shane's a man preparing two race cars every every night up and down the road. Like. That's right. That's, that's the man. So... Got to go back. How did you get your start in racing? And a little bit, tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, now they're going to play the jukebox in this freaking bar. <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, uh, well, listen, it was all with Chubb and his family, you know. Chubb's family, which was, you know, his mom and dad were would have been my dad's aunt and uncle. You know, they built two racetracks in the 50s, that state line in Erie. So we, we grew up around the races. I mean, I started working at the racetrack when I was 10 years old. And then, you know, uh, when Chubb moved over to our town and he started taking care of my dad's car and I was traveling with Chubb. Well, in the fall of 05, my dad had a heart attack and it took him a while to get over it. So in 06, he just said, listen, you can run it for a while. Well, the very first year out, I mean, we, we ran up front all year. I had three wins that year and I just never got out of it. And that was, you were working on the car. You weren't driving then, right? You were just crewing. Yeah. Okay. I was crewing up until 06. I started racing in 06, but I just raced around the house for a few years. And we had a lot of success around the house. I mean, uh, won a couple small championships and we won a lot of races around the house. And then we started traveling a little bit. And we just, you know, with Chuck, we've always done a lot with little and, uh, it's always been kind of a struggle, but you know, it's, it's all based on family. I mean, now, you know, when Chubb's shop burnt down, my dad helped him get a bigger shop and, uh, all my stuff is still in Chubb shops to this day. I mean, both trucks and trailers sit in there, all our race cars. And, uh, now I got two of my nephews racing, so they run crate cars and, uh, a lot of, even Chubb will tell you a, a lot of what we were able to succeed at was because of my father. I mean, my dad loved racing probably more than anybody. And, uh, but it's really just about family. Yeah. I know, um, like you said, your, your nephews are racing now and you brought them on the road, you know, to kind of, kind of the same way you started, you know, they worked yep. on, they worked on your car and you know, they just weren't handed a race car. You, you made them work and. Oh no, they have to work. They have to work in the summertime when they're not in college, they're at the shop every day working. Uh, no, they're not just going to show up and drive. They have to show up and work. So, yep. and, uh, wash day around there on Mondays, <laughs> that's gotta be a hell of a day with you racing job and then them two. Uh, yeah. And, and then we had Josh last year. So we had his one or two cars, uh, Monday and Tuesdays were bad, <laughs> but at one point I went up to the shop, uh, during the summer and I, I think there was eight people I had on the payroll up there working. Oh my goodness. So, and you know, Chubb's so busy anymore. Chubb does a lot of customer work. A lot of cars go in and out of that shop. So, you know, we're just fortunate to get to do what we do. And if it wasn't for Chubb, I wouldn't be where I'm at. Uh, and my father, and now it's, it's my mom and my brother that are in charge. And, uh, they give me the opportunity to keep on doing this and uh, they're probably way more competitive than I am. They want that win. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I've, I've met your brother a couple of times and yeah, I, I would have to agree with you on that. He's a, uh, he, he is very competitive. Yes. Get, uh, boom. Give us a couple of good Chubb Frank stories from whenever you were crew chief and with him, because you're talking about uh, your crew chief now, Shane, trying to be the crew chief of the year. I believe you were the crew chief of the decade back then helping, uh, <laughs> helping Chubb. 
uh, listen, it was just me and him for a lot of years. And, uh, yeah, I was fortunate. I got it in the stars the last year that stars ran out as crew chief of the year and the first year of the world of outlaws, uh, you know, the biggest highlight was winning that world 100 with Chubb. And, uh, I've heard him tell the story, you know, it got down to 10 to go or something, you know, I was on the back straightaway going into three giving signals and, it got to the point he tells people he could have high five me because I was all the way out on the racetrack. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah. that, that was the biggest highlight for, for both our careers is, is getting that Eldora win. And, uh, you know, he's won the North South. He won Dixie, uh, Chubb was, and people don't realize what we did it with. You know, I was still trying to work full time. I drive all night home from wherever we were racing and I'd have to get in a truck and work the rest of the week or I'd help wash the stuff or maintenance. And then I'd go to work or, I mean, it was, uh, it was, it was tough back then, but it, it was a highlight of Chubb's career and I was glad to be a part of it. Yeah. And at the, and at the height of, uh, at the height of Chubb's fame and winning all those races at that time, you kind of mentioned it already, but it's, but his shop, you know, burnt down there at that time. And I, it was well documented. And I remember hearing about it and seeing those pictures. And I mean, how, how detrimental was that? Or, or what kind of a setback did that really cause y'all at that time? Well, I can tell you right when it was a Monday morning, like 10 o'clock in the morning. And I was only a mile away and somebody called me. And by the time I got up there, the thing was all but engulfed. So we had a couple cars out and I pushed them. It's about three quarters of a mile down to the truck shop. And back then the truck shop was only like a 40 by 64 building. And for the next year, we kind of made one day of the truck shop, a race shop and one day for the truck shop. It was, we made it work, but it was, it was a little bit difficult until we got that new shop built. But, uh, you know, back when that shop burnt, we lost a lot of stuff and we had to load up and be in, uh, bulls gap, I think on Thursday, and that's when the racing community came together because guys brought us tires, guys brought us wheels, uh, spare parts. Uh, they, the racing community really stepped up and helped Chubb right then. But, you know, that was a, that was a trying year because uh, we we're trying to work out of the truck shop and travel and build a new shop at the same time there was definitely some long days for a whole year there. Was that about, uh, Oh four Oh five, somewhere right in there. I think it was Oh three, but Oh three. I'm not really, I'm not really good with dates. I mean, it was either Oh three or Oh four. Uh, yeah. I, and I, I, I just remember it was in March and we had to beat a bulls gap on that Thursday. Yeah. And I remember it had to be Oh four because it was a world outlaws. I got you. Now I remember, uh, too, like the, then he picked up that Lester building sponsorship there yes. for a while. And I think they, they helped him put the new shop together. And it's like you said, yeah, it, they, the whole community kind of came together and it, it, Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was, it was amazing. Uh, right down to friends of ours, uh, poured all the cement for us. I mean, I can remember getting my kids out of bed on Christmas Eve. To, we had to go up there and, uh, tie all the tubing in the floor for a section that we were going to pour the day after Christmas, but we didn't want to work Christmas day. So we went up Christmas Eve and tied all this tubing and at seven or eight o'clock 
the 26th of December, we were pouring a section in the shop. So it was, it was definitely a, a lot of friends, uh, racing community family that helped make that thing go way easier than it could have. So fast forward all these years, that shop you're talking about building right there, that's still where the headquarters is to this day. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, I think it's 96 by 120. I mean, it's got the famous one star bar in it, parts room. It's got an apartment. And then, like I said, it snows where we're at. So we build it big enough that my truck and trailer and his truck and trailer can sit inside. Yeah. I've been up there a couple of times. I think you could add on to it a little bit. Y'all are, y'all have got that thing packed tight. It's packed tight. And then last year when I had the semi trailer, you know, it had to sit outside and, uh, yeah, I, I, we, we have a lot of shit. <laughs> well, on that note, let's take a quick break here on the Forward Bike Podcast, and we'll come back on the other side with Boom Briggs. All right, we're back on the Forward Bike Podcast on the Andy's Towing Hotline with Boom Briggs, and he's been telling us some good stories here about a lot of stuff, if you've been paying attention. so we, we got a, We've been talking about the shop yeah. up there in Bear Lake. The one, the, everybody knows you know, you got the one star bar in there, but I tell you the probably the best thing in that shop is the front corner. Boom! Okay. If everybody if everybody doesn't know, Boom likes his bush light. Oh yes, <laughs> and he just doesn't I, go to the grocery store and get you know a couple cases. I don't go anywhere. He doesn't go and get he doesn't go get his no. beer. He gets his beer delivered by the pallet. And now I have my own commercial ice maker. Look at this. Man's dedicated. Man is dedicated. You can't yeah. beat that. You keep the coolest I like full a, of ice I like that a, way. Yes. I like a cold bush light in a bottle, and I'm very adamant about that. Uh, yes, you are. I think it was Cedar Lake one night. Got got caught up in a wreck. I think, did you flip off turn two? Oh, I flipped at Cedar Lake twice. Okay. I think the time I'm talking off about. Off turn two is when my buddy JD rolled me over. Yes. And David Stremley's wife, Ashley, was doing the pit yes. recording. She walks down. I think everybody kind of told her not to do it, but she walked down and talked to you. And the first thing you said is, I need a bush light. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. I had nothing to Me and JD are buddies and real good buddies. And I had nothing to do with him. I just, I don't like their passing points bullshit up there. And I was mad. <laughs> I ended up on my roof because of passing points. I, I remember like, that weekend. It was like, gosh, darn it. I'm not a fan of passing points either, Boom. I uh, uh, Like Florence, for, for example. I don't know if you uh, really run Florence much. But I won't know. They're not happening. Not going there. They, uh, they always run those double heat races, and I feel like it's just so hard on everybody's equipment to make them go out there and run wide open on a hammer-down track for two sets of heat races when – you can accomplish the same thing with one set of heat races. So I don't really get it. Well, I, and, and that's, this sport costs so much money anymore. I, I understand the fans. They want to see a good race. They want to see passing. I'm all for taking care of the fans. Cause they're the ones that pay the money. So we get to do this, but there's probably, if you really want to get technical, there's less than five tracks in the country you could go to and have a fair passing points. Yeah. 90% of the racetracks we go to are hammered down one lane around the cushion. And this, I just don't believe in passing points. I'm as much of a fan of, as anybody probably. And I don't, I don't like it either. 
So well, you know, for whatever. Like it's I said, worth. there's a lot of it, it's. We just struggle in this country anymore of having racetracks that. Now I'm not saying some of these tracks aren't racy come feature time because they are, but there's just certain tracks that you should cannot have passing points at because the racetrack's not ready for it. Uh, you know, I'm a firm, if, if they want to do passing points, you better be able to pass in the heat race. And we run too many. The problem we got right now, if you look at any type of qualifying, if you're two tenths off, you're in a third or fourth row of a heat race. Yep. You know, which, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but everybody is so close right now within a tenth or two tenths that it's just, it's hard to pass. Uh, whether, you know, Everybody's got their own opinion on these cars, whether it's aero, motors, tires. We're just struggling right now to, to have heat races that we can pass in. And uh, a lot of it's because everybody's so close. I mean, they're, I could tell you back in the 90s and early 2000s, Chubb said if you were within a second of the fast cars, you were going to make the race. Well, if you're five-tenths off in qualifying – I promise you, you're not making the race. No, not these days. Uh-huh. And e- even like you say, like you're, if you're even two tenths, three tenths off it, you're, you're in the you, wrong row. You can't you're in the wrong row. Yeah, and you can't you can't make that up in ten, in ten laps or sometimes no. sometimes the feature you can't make you know you can't overcome that. No, you can't. So we're just in a transition, I think, with this sport right now, to where we got to find a. You know, I don't believe it's rules or anything like that. It's just everybody has their stuff so close and it's just it's it's tough right now you're like at charlotte i mean two tenths was huge at charlotte mm-hmm. if you could you know you've been around this long time doing it you know both sides of it crew and driving if if you could change something in in your opinion what what would it be to you know quote unquote fix the sport or fix the racing what what would that be Get rid of the tire roll. Tire roll? Get rid of the tire roll and give the guys options because that'll make better racing. Most of the time now with these tire rolls, no matter, I don't care, I'm not picking on one series or another series. The problem of it is 75, 80% of the time we're on the wrong tire. Yep. Which is fine because everybody's on it. But if you had two to three options, this guy's going to go soft. This guy's going to go hard. Uh, it's no different Eldora. When Eldora had 320s and a 40, cars would come and go. The minute they changed it to all 30s, the racing sucked. Yep. I agree with that. I, I think the biggest change, I don't, I'm tired of hearing about the droop rule, the spoilers, the bodies. Get rid of the tire rules. Give us some options and let us decide. We'll fix some of the. We'll make the racing better. Yeah, I, I remember when I first started. When I got with Daryl, was it was open. We run anything yeah. from 1100 to a D70, and you know, I they want to say money, 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 but I think we spent less money on tires back then than than we did now. You know, when they started making tire rules, because you could. Oh, absolutely, we spend more money now because. Back in the day, we would have a set of qualifying tires. We might qualify on four nights in a row. Oh, for sure. Now, you're junking it. 
least five to six tires a night junk. Yep. Can't use them. So can't use them again. So it's, it's not, and I know they they talk about inventories and help. I get it all. I'm in business. It's tough right now in this country, but the, the tire rules, I'm just not a fan of. I mean, listen, we're a very low budget team and I'll be, so me, yes, it may be, I don't think it saves money. I'm pretty sure it costs me money, but I'm just not a big, I'm not, never been a fan of tire rules. Well, with that being said, what do you think about this tire rule that's coming next year with just three, like three compounds that Hoosier's going to make? That's, I knew they were, they've been working on that for two years. Uh, If they just, here's your three compounds, run whatever you got. Yeah. If they do that, that'll, that'll help some of the racing. But if we go to track a and you're allowed three twos and a three there's no and with no options you're in the same boat you've been in the last two years I agree. everybody's on the same tire yeah and uh most of the time i hate and, and it's nobody's fault it's just we go to a lot of racetracks that we got we got to run 30s and you really should have three 10s and a 20 on so when everybody's on the wrong tire, it, it doesn't make the racing any better. We just all get in line. Yes, I, th- I think a lot of guys were t- saying that about it, like Eldora. Once, once you got those thirties hot, everybody had grip, so you weren't yes. gonna, you weren't going to get around nobody. You know, like you said, when they had the twenties, you had those guys that are going to be heroes the first ten laps or whatever, and then next thing you know, the guys that sit back and just kind of hold on to you know conserve their yes. stuff. Then, then you start getting racing. Then, then you can, you know, move around with, you know, trying to pass that guy, do this or that. So, right, I, I totally agree with you on that. That's that's part of it, you know. Because I remember when I was, you know, growing up and racing in, you know, Alabama and Tennessee and stuff. They had a open front and hard rear. Had to run fifty fives on the rear. Oh yeah. And all it for did, years. And all it did was, you know, because those tires aren't in the racetrack, you burn one groove up, and the track ends up rubbering up, and no one moves around. No. Uh, and you know they haven't said what they're going to do next year. I know. Uh, I've talked to Kenny some with the Outlaws, and if he's allowed, he, you know, he that's what they're going to give you two or three options. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. We'll have to see how speed weeks go speaking of speed weeks man what are you still gonna stick with the outlaw tour are y'all gonna do that uh, next year or i'm looking at some options i mean i probably will i mean it, their schedule fits me a little bit better mm-hmm. uh you know i have considered taking max and going to lucas because i could run him for rookie of the year uh just waiting to finalize some sponsorship deals we're working on, but I would say we're probably going to run the outlaws. I mean, I'll know here in a few more weeks. I got you. I got you. Hey, boom. I got a question for you. And I hope this isn't too personal to ask, but um, you know, everybody has looked at how much money Jonathan Davenport's won this year and this and that and really knocking it down. And, you know, a guy like you uh, running, you know, 10th or whatever, is it, is it still a pretty sustainable deal, you know, business model for you guys to go out there and operate? And I know that, I know that Josh and Max are, or, you know, Josh has ran good. You've ran good. And I think Max is going to bring a lot to the table this year, but is it, 
is it's uh, pretty affordable, I guess, or sustainable to, to keep doing what you're doing? Listen, it's getting tougher. And, uh, you know, props to what JD did, Madden. But, you know, Brandon Shepard basically run Lucas in the flow deal, and he made over 700 running a series. So the biggest thing with the outlaws, and I've told people this, what Brian Carter did, putting extra money, we, we get our tow mo- money, we get some bonus money, and put more money in the point fund. As bad a year as we were having to midsummer, that extra money that Brian Carter put up is what kept us going. So, and I know Lucas is working on some stuff for next year. I'm still a hundred percent believer in these series. Uh, we need to keep two series in this country and, and keep going because we can't dilute our product any more than it's diluted. And, you know, these guys go out and do all this work to get us races and it's a partnership that they're, you know, I'm working for them. They're working for me. So I'm still a hundred percent believer in a, in a series. What a series does is a guy like me or Dennis Herb or Brent Larson. You're not, they, they take care of us good enough that we can get to the next race. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm still a big believer. Now the cost are with diesel fuel tires. You know, I've heard tire prices going up next year. Uh, it's getting tougher. We've been fortunate enough to have some really good sponsors over the years. And, uh, you know, I've got some guys that really stepped up for this max deal for next year. My, my people, and he's brought a lot of people with them. So, we, I just got to have a better year than I had this year because I have another year like I had this year, I'll be out because you're it's not sustainable. Do you think the more the the, yeah, ex, the extra two series out there, you think that does that help or hurt the I don't uh, the midweek deals and stuff like that. I have nothing against them, yeah. not at all, because you know we're out on the road, we don't need to sit in a Walmart or a casino or at a racetrack for four or five days. If we're going to be gone from home, we need to be racing. Yeah. So, and because of the other two series, Jonathan Davenport, Chris Madden, Brandon Shepard. I mean, I just seen a list on the other day of all the people who made what they made this year. And a lot of it they made was on these extra series. Uh, so, I'm not going to say it's not the the streaming doesn't hurt as bad as everybody thinks it does. It's definitely helped racing and your midweek shows definitely help you get to the next track. Now, like I said, with scheduling and stuff that the outlaws and Lucas are doing, you know, we might not have as much time this year to run them other ones, but I don't, condemn them guys at all i mean they're trying to put on races pay good money and uh which is great it's great for a lot of people i'm talking about scheduling and stuff i, I noticed this year i know lucas has kind of been doing it the past couple of years i see the outlaws is have, have 
done a little bit more of this. You like the three day, you know, two two pl- I can't stop, you know, two nights leading up to the to the Saturday night show, like at one racetrack. Do you like that format, or do you like the hey we're gonna race somewhere Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday? I I go both ways on that. Okay. Uh, it 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 gets old being at the same track more than a couple days. Uh, and honestly, with our with our tow money and show up money and stuff, it's financially it's better for us to go racetrack to racetrack to racetrack. But they both series are combating that by splitting the fields on preliminary nights, so everybody's getting a paycheck. You're not there just running a heat race and getting nothing, you know. Both series have have done that to where they're splitting the field which I believe will help car count because everybody's going to run a mini feature or whatever on a Friday night, uh, and get a paycheck. So there's certain venues we go to that two, three days it's okay because them tracks are willing to put some money up and we get paid all three days. Uh, the days of going on a Friday and, and all running two laps and qualifying and 10 lap heat race and then wait until the next day till you get a check i'm not a fan of them no more that it's that's doesn't do us any good yeah that's that's old i think that stuff. business model's kind of went away that business model has kind of went away yeah. and we're fortunate that there's some tracks that are you know willing to, to step up and, and pay us so you know um yeah i mean like one of my favorite places there's two you know sharon ohio davenport iowa and you know sharon's going to a two or three day deal this year that'll be great because that sharon ohio is one of the racetracks again i hate passing points but you probably could do it there yes i mean uh dave willoughby and his crew at sharon speedway do a hell of a job ricky kai at davenport speedway awesome racetrack two, three, four wide race in there sometimes. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't mind going to them too for two or three days. They're, they're really good people. They, they, they pay us very well. And, uh, they're just great people that, that they want us there. They, they're accommodating. Uh, so the, every, every venue is different. You know, there's different circumstances, different, whether it's crowd streaming, whatever it, you can't just treat every weekend the same. Yeah. You gotta have something yeah, different. Every, to every, get the, you gotta get, have something different than week to week to week to get fans or people involved. Yeah. You know, you gotta cha- change, change it up a little bit, you know, don't, you know, not too crazy, but you know, do something different. So people don't get, you know, used to, Oh, this is what we're going to do. You know, boom, 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 exactly. boom and go on. Um, right. For sure. Yeah, every week seems like it has a different purse or a different format, or it keeps everybody on their toes in this sport a lot. And I, <clears throat> I'm always interested to see what's uh, what's next on the horizon. Well, I mean, like racing's changed. I mean, in my, you know, you guys are racers. I'm a racer. Racers, it's still racing, but basically now we're down to it's the entertainment business. Yeah, and you have to have a platform you're following to keep the fans interested to come to the racetrack and uh 
it just can't be the same stale. We, you can't get stale. You have to keep moving and doing things different. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of it now, it's unfortunate as it is. You know, I, grew up, <coughs> I went to the racetrack because of the racing, you know. But now, yes. now it's almost, you got to, I call them gimmicky things. You got to get out there and do autographs, you know, and, and go play golf tournaments or go, you know, play cornhole tournaments and stuff like that and do stuff to get the fans involved and, and get the younger generation kind of, you know, hey, there's there's things going on besides the racing to get them involved. So, Well, well you do, and I've never – I'm not – the biggest person on autograph sessions, but you know what? That's part of it. Uh, these people are paying to come see us and because they're buying a ticket, I'm, I get to race for money. So there's some give and take there. I mean, the tough deal on the autographs is, is if I got a four hour drive that night, you know, I don't have a truck driver. I'm the truck driver. Mm-hmm. So, and I know we've worked on this the last couple of years to, and it's just the way of the world. A three-hour show, three-and-a-half-hour shows tops. These, that's the other thing that I'm an advocate of. No more five- and six-hour shows because people lose interest. I mean, we're out west, which is an hour behind. You know, my mom and brother, they're in bed before we ever get on the racetrack. Yep. So in today's world, you got to figure out how to run a more efficient show and put on a good show but efficiently. Yeah, cut out. You don't need belt. You don't need ten classes out racing with you when y'all come to town. You know, hey, outlaws and maybe one or two support classes, if that. That's right. I totally agree with that for sure. Like I, I can't stay awake on a lot of these nights whenever I'm trying to watch a race on TV, and uh, it's tough, especially whenever you get out there in the in those other time zones and stuff. It's it's tough for us out here on the East Coast. Well, it's tough on us too, especially yeah. if we got a three four hour ride. Yeah, uh, you know, you I pack everything up and get down the road and get to the next track. It cuts, uh, it, so. cuts it cuts into your grilling and, and beer drinking time, don't it? I'm just getting old. It makes me tired. <laughs> me too, man. I don't. I'm 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 glad you guys do it and put on a show for us. But I, you know, I'll go to. I go to several races a year, but man, it's it's right. tough on me just to go spectate, and you guys are out there putting on the show, and you have to be there each night. So, kudos to all you guys that do it, man, and uh, and that's a big reason why we do this podcast too, is to give y'all something to listen to while y'all are going down the road chasing those races. Well, I appreciate it. Appreciate you guys calling. That's Boom Briggs here on the Forward Bike Podcast. I'm Kyle Armstrong. This is Adam Logan, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>